Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. Since the beginning, America has been pretty big on being a presidents-only sort of club. I mean, sure, we've got the King of Pop or Queen Latifah, but outside of that, we don't stray much. Although we did have an emperor. Well, according to him. Him being Joshua Norton. Joshua was born in England in the 1810s-ish, and not much is known of those early days, aside from the fact that he spent his youth partly in South Africa as part of a UK colonization program. He came to San Francisco in 1849. There are some differing accounts of exactly how wealthy he was at the time, but what is known is that, after Norton arrived in San Francisco, he enjoyed a good deal of success in commodities markets and in real estate speculation, and that by late 1852, he was one of the more prosperous, respected citizens of the city. You know, like uh, Danny Tanner. But that came to a screeching halt due to some wild wheelings and dealings in the rice game. In 1852, China was facing a huge famine, so they completely banned the export of rice. Naturally, San Fran's rice price began to skyrocket, and in response, reduced supply peaking at 36 cents per pound. Norton saw this and decided to buy a $25,000 rice shipment from Peru at 12 cents per pound, thinking he'd corner the market. Keep in mind, that's around $750,000 in today's money. Little did he know that wasn't the only shipment coming out of Peru. And by the time he was able to sell it, rice was already back down to three cents a pound. He alleged that he was swindled and took it all the way to the California Supreme Court. But they decreed that he was just, I mean, honestly, just a terrible businessman and couldn't recoup his losses. I ain't no math magician, but he done got hosed and pretty much lost it all. So, he did what any down-on-his-luck Californian does when the chips are down and out. Declare that you are the Emperor of the United States and the Protector of Mexico to boot. He told every newspaper in the country of his decree, and while he was essentially just a giant human meme, they began to publish his crazy rants and raves. People in the cities read them religiously, mostly for the lols at first, and Norton's rise to power began. From here, he issued decree after decree, which... This is at a time when people were excited to actually get Norton updates. He declared the abolition of the U.S. Congress, a mandate for the U.S. president and the Pope to recognize him as emperor. And while these rambles were dismissed by people with actual power, Norton developed a large following in celebrity as a result. He was easily recognizable with his beard, a blue naval uniform, and a beaver hat with a peacock feather in it. He would inspect the condition of the city's cable cars and the appearance of its policemen. Soon, people began to address him as emperor and offer him lodging and transportation, the full royal treatment. He even had followers pay for his taxes, those who were sympathetic to his plight and destitution. Local toy stores began carrying Norton dolls for kids to play with. So if you're a parent and are ashamed of kids looking up to TikTokers, remember, this is a generational thing. Kids are pretty stupid no matter what era. Frighteningly enough, his decrees, while not even remotely legally binding, began to be taken somewhat seriously by local citizens. For example, it was to be forbidden to ever refer to San Francisco as simply Frisco, punishable by a $25 fine. Although, 
Again, while not legally binding, that attitude still exists if you ask any Frisco native today. Norton even began issuing his own currency with the help of a local printing press. Obviously, this had no backing whatsoever, and in fact, a few Norton bucks are still out there amongst the collector's community, and they are not cheap. So, maybe he was just a bit ahead of his time. A local politician named Admin Barbier tried to get him tossed in the loony bin. And when locals caught wind, they lost their minds. Newspapers wrote scathing reviews of the police, the government, city councils, everyone, for not supporting Emperor Norton. The police eventually released him, and Norton issued a full pardon to Barbier. From that day, police would salute Norton to avoid any further incidents. When his uniform became tattered, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors bought him a replacement. While many of Norton's royal decrees were delusional, some actually came to pass, although not in his name. He instructed his subjects to form a League of Nations 50 years before one was actually formed. He also decreed that the citizens of San Francisco and Oakland raise funds for a bridge or tunnel connecting the two cities. And both now exist, as the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge officially opened in 1936 and the Trans Bay Tube was completed in 1969. We actually learned uh, not too long ago that the fraternal organization Eclampus Vitus adopted Norton as an honorary member. They also created a plaque crediting Norton with the bridge's conception, although it was never put into place, and after a spell in the Transbay Terminal, it's now in storage. Rumors abounded about the nation's new monarch during his reign. Some suspected he was the son of Napoleon III, using an assumed name for protection. There are also tales of his impending nuptials to the widowed Queen Victoria, and after his death, numerous letters to the British monarch were found among Norton's possessions, although nothing actually indicated he ever received a response. He was also rumored to be fantastically wealthy, affecting poverty because he was a miser. In fact, he was nearly penniless, not counting the currency he invented for his own use, of course. Whereas La Mancha had Don Quixote... San Francisco had Joshua Norton, an emperor who attempted to make America great, so it would never need to be made great again. 